Hey there, I'm Charlie Dice, and you're listening to the Life Beyond Infertility Podcast, a podcast devoted to providing information and sharing stories surrounding how to accept your infertility and learning to live a happy, fulfilled life beyond it. As a life after infertility coach and someone who's personally been through the ups and downs of trying to conceive and passionate about helping women feel confident and empowered to take their lives back and find the joy in them again. I believe this area is a crucial missing link in the infertility space. And by talking about it and sharing our stories, we help break the stigma. So let's dive in. Welcome back to the Life Beyond Infertility podcast. I'm super excited again because I have a special guest this week, um, Heather Edwards. She's with Heather Edwards Coaching. And I'm going to let you introduce yourself a little bit first, and then we'll jump into some questions. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here today. My name is Heather Edwards and I'm actually, it's HC Edwards Coaching, which is super funny. Like, no, it's okay. It's funny because everyone does it. And the only reason I did that was because Heather Edwards is already taken everywhere else. So that is what it is. But yeah, I am a life coach, business coach and work primarily with women, but I also have fertility challenges in my life and other challenges too. So we just met through that connection and have kind of bonded on that issue and have a similar heart to want to reach out and help other women. So, and men, yeah, and we actually met, like you said, through, um, like a business academy that yeah. we're both in. So that was really cool for you to reach out and you've been so helpful. And I've done a session with Heather so far and um, she's amazing. So I'm excited for you guys to, you know, get to know her and her business. And so if you can kind of start, like, just give us a little backstory of kind of how you got into the, um, you know, business and coaching space. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, um, my fertility journey is what drew me to coaching. So it's, it is ironic. Um, and I find it interesting. That's kind of how I met you through that piece of it. For me, I married late, uh, late in life. So, um, I married when I was 40. So you might imagine we wanted a family, but we knew the risk at that point being 40 already. And we experienced um, well, we, we were very lucky in one sense that we got pregnant super fast, um, but we had three back-to-back miscarriages within two years and um, obviously devastating and hard. And we were at the kind of that precipice of like, where do we go from here? Um, my um, OB told me I will no longer go forward unless you do fertility. Um, I'm going to refer you out. We had kind of discussed before we got married that we didn't want to go down the road of fertility and spending money on that. So we were questioning that a piece of the pie for me as I have a brother who has Down syndrome. So that was kind of a concern. And so there were just so many things that were playing a part of that. So we, we, of course, were still hopeful that somehow something would happen. And about a year and a half, two years after my last miscarriage, I was diagnosed with two cancers at the same time. And so when that happened, just kind of threw us in a totally different direction. Sure. And um, going down the cancer journey with both of those and the decision with that was to have a full um, hysterectomy or ectomy. I, I always say that word wrong. <laughs> they take your ovaries. <laughs> Basically, everything is gone. Right. Lymph nodes. And so that kind of made the decision for us, which there were pros to that because I wasn't 
taking pregnancy tests every month, you know, hoping that I was pregnant. But there was also some sadness with that because it was a finality. You know, it was was done, Um, at least done for us doing it in a natural way. So I really suffered depression at that point. Didn't really know it Um, was there were some things happening for me that were pretty obvious to the outside world had I shared them. Um, but I wasn't sharing them. (laughs) And so I kind of, um, I'll give you one example. Uh, so I don't go off, uh, crazy roads with that, but my husband would get up in the morning to go off to work. And I had, um, at this point I had left my job because I was so depressed. I was having outbursts. There were just some things happening with my body, um, and in the surgery. And so, I would get up to say goodbye to him and then I would go back to bed. I would try to figure out like when he was coming home, I would get dressed. I would fake that I was up and I just would fake this life that I was okay. Looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so obvious, right? And I had a friend one day, I'll never forget, we were on the phone and she said, Heather, you're, you're depressed. And I was like, Oh no, that's, that's not it. You know? And I just, it brings tears to my eyes because she, she knew. (laughs) Denial. So, Mm -hmm. um, I did not expect to get emotional, so I apologize, (laughs) but, um, but, um, what was really interesting is I had also been going to therapy and I just wasn't healing from the therapy. And I had been to therapy many times in my life and um, it had worked great for me. And it was Mm -hmm. a big part of my life. I will always be thankful for that, but I was searching for something more. So I was listening to a podcast. It was really helping me. And I was like, man, this, this could really work. So I signed up for coaching and um, got coaching myself for about two and a half years. And I, it just helped my heart heal. It helped me process emotions that I had a hard time doing with other people that were close to me or Uh even people that knew me. And then was this a specific type of coach? Like, was it? Yes. It worked with the life coach school is where I was getting coached. And then at one point, you know, she also offers a certification program. And at one point I had heard about it three or four times, but never thought anything about it. And then as I was healing, I was opening up to more women and I'm hearing their stories and I'm like, everybody needs this, like everybody. And so anyway, I decided I wanted to be a coach and I wanted to help people women men too and i think you've i've even heard you say this in your podcast like i want to help men too but i'm you know it's just being the woman and it is very different being the woman in the process yes and um not to negate the men in the process because they are so much a part of it but it's i think women internalize it differently than men do and Mm -hmm. so and not that we're not honest but the social cues are it's not okay not to be okay. So you put on a face and you just do it, right? And you just make Mm -hmm. every day work. And um, so I got certified, best thing ever I've done in my life. So I don't only focus on fertility. I have a big business background, HR background. So I help businesses as well with strategy and But I find that my heart lies completely with women. I don't know why, just with women. And Uh um, I just 
I feel like, I know it's cliche, but everybody needs coaching. And I feel like it's so important for your mental health. Mm -hmm. And mental health has become such, um, it used to be this thing that was uh, scary and you don't tell anyone and what have you. But going through this journey and seeing my own personal mental health, just from a person who was completely confident, happy, easygoing, never struggled to complete that de- completely devastated, not being able to get out of bed. My thoughts were not healthy. Like turn my back on my faith. Um, it just was very big for me. And there are lots of reasons for that, especially for women going through multiple miscarriages and right. your, your body's going through a lot. Your hormones are going through a lot, but it is interesting what people will say to you, which kind of mentally confirms to you that you're not okay and you should hide it. Mm-hmm. And without tools to process that information, coaching gave me the tools to process. And right. um, I'm ever so grateful for that. And it's funny because there are so many different coaches in so many different arenas and so many different ways to be coached. Mm-hmm. And um, they're all good. You know, the therapy is good too, but I just really believe that you have to be able to be your own personal advocate and figure out what's best for you. And so for me, we decided not to adopt because of the cancers. Mm-hmm. Um, I am cancer free. So let's celebrate Yay. that January yeah, 17th of this year, 2023. Um, yes. I'm cancer free and that's exciting. Um, but it took me through so much more. You know, I remember being wheeled out after the hysterectomy and just being like, oh, I'll never be able to have my own kids. And right. So clearly that pain is still there. But I am so much there's so much joy every day too. that point where you think it's all going to be sadness and it's all going to be dreary. And, you know, watching other people with pregnancies that are healthy and successful, it was so devastating and hard. Um, And so now, and it's a weird thing. And I'm, you know, this too, Callahan, it's not that you're unhappy for other people. Like I think sometimes people think you're, jealous of their success. It's not about jealous of their success. Mm -hmm. It's the pain of you not getting to experience that. And so for me now I can actually celebrate babies, which I'm Uh kind of crying, but I'm like, that's a happy thing because it's like for, I, I remember somebody trying to give me their child and it was about seven weeks after my last miscarriage. And I just said, no, I can't. And he goes, oh, yeah, just here, take her. And I was like, no, like, you don't understand. Like, I can't. Right. And so there are so many little things like that, that now I'm able to sit with women and help them understand it's okay. Right. And that's normal. And you and I had talked about this at one point too, you know, we both kind of said, we've both been through therapy. We've both, um, you know, now kind of gone into the coaching space and it is very difficult even with a therapist to discuss, you know, infertility or really any situation that you have lived through that your therapist has not. Um, And even though they're certified and they have all this education and everything, and that's great and they can definitely help I was finding, and I think you said too, you found um, that, you know, 
I just wasn't able to connect with my therapist on that level because she hadn't. I mean, even though she was a woman, she had not been through infertility or miscarriage or any of that. You know, you reaching out and you being a coach and me being a coach to those women, you know, and having that real life experience. I mean, I think that that, at least for me, I don't know how you feel, you know, really makes all the difference in in trying to heal. Absolutely. I think there's some, I I will say this, what's interesting is every fertility and fertility story is different, right? We all have a different experience within that spectrum of things that are going on in your life. But the similarities of understanding how heavy it is and the questions that come through and the doubts that happen with that. And to go even further Um, I mean, any woman who's experienced miscarriage or loss, child loss, they understand that. But to even go a step further for women who are like the two of us who have had child loss and for whatever reason, the end story do not have children. Mm -hmm. um, You know, I think um, I think you're your angel mama. And I always tell tell people, if I die, don't mourn me. I get to go see my babies. (laughs) That's a positive to look forward to. And so there are things about that that are nuanced about every single person's journey all internally from a from a mama standpoint they're so much the same and just being able to sit with someone and know their heart and know that they get it there's just something magical about that yeah you don't even have to have words sometimes (laughs) right (laughs) no I mean and I'm tearing up too because what you said as far as like don't you know don't mourn me I mean that's that's so powerful because it is true I mean we don't we know that there's good things on the other side too, essentially, you know, so it's, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if I mentioned this in my journey, I am a woman of faith and that puts a nuance, but I have to say that my last miscarriage, I actually, for my last miscarriage, I knew because of a phone call, I was doing blood work and it was the week of Christmas, which shouldn't matter. Right. But, um, she called me on the 21st of December and said, Hey, I hate to make this call, but you know, we know that you'll miscarry in the next 24, probably 48 hours. And I was angry. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I was mad. Mm-hmm. There was so much to that for me, that pregnancy, ironically, without going into all the details, I was actually in to get another procedure, took a test. We had miscarried in um, August of that year. And here it was November or actually, yeah, I found out I was pregnant in November, was in for another different procedure and found out I was pregnant. So in my mind, it was divine. I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is great. We'd only had sex TMI, but once. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, this God ordained this. And when it didn't work out, um, I was crushed. I I came home because I was on the road when I got that phone call at lunch from work. Mm-hmm. I had called lunch and or work and just said I'm not coming home. And I got home and I screamed at the top of my lungs and I was cursing God because I was so angry. Yeah, that's part of my story because God knows my heart, mm-hmm. <laughs> and He knows that I didn't mean that right. And so I had to seek right. forgiveness for that. But also. He's the one that gave me peace and kept me here on the days that no one else on this earth 
was even aware of right. what it was, you know? Right. And so it's a, it is a beautiful, wonderful dance, but God will give you that peace if you allow it. Yeah. What you just said too, as far as not, no one else on this earth knew about it. I mean, that was our story too, you know, until I started telling our story, you know, just a few months ago, um, it was just me and my husband. And I think a lot of women do that, or a lot of couples do that, you know, we don't want to share. Can you, I mean, what made you kind of want to share bits and pieces of your story? I mean, was that part of what your coach had helped you the healing part was helpful because then I could talk about it because even now I don't spend a lot of time in sadness, but talking right. about it and the feelings coming back up um, makes it very fresh. But we people knew we were pregnant. We did share that we were pregnant with our very close friends and family, like maybe 12 people. But people knew that we had had miscarriages, but I think I don't think anybody knew how depressed I was. I wasn't sharing that. I was putting on the happy face and going on. Um, but I think for me, the story finally became apparent once I could see how unhealthy I was mentally yeah. and how dark that place went. I think it's very, you know, you shared that. I listened to your, the in your podcast, how you had moments of very scary times, dark times that you just didn't know if you wanted to be here. And I was there at times. I didn't go as far, but I definitely had those thoughts like, man, if this is all this is, then, then what, what am I doing? What are we doing? You know, um, matter of fact, my husband and I have had those conversations. Hopefully he doesn't mind. I shared that, but, um, I finally, it hit me that, the one thing I would love to gift women is that if you are going through loss, miscarriage, whatever it is, do yourself a favor and find someone who's gone through it. If nothing other than to allow them to hold space for you. So you can just needs to be someone you can trust that you can spill all those thoughts that are happening out and have a way to process them. You have permission to be real and human in that moment of raw pain of loss and, and the pain of not having that future that you had envisioned with your husband. Right. Or many people don't have a husband. Many people are doing that alone. And yeah. so whatever it is, there are there's someone out there who's willing to hold that space for you. Yes. And do that for yourself because where I think I went wrong is I internalized and I kind of closed down instead of opening up to people. There's two parts to that. One part is that I felt like oftentimes people said things to me that I didn't understand right. <laughs> what they right. said. Um, and ironically, that is one thing I'm working on, even though I do not focus on fertility and coaching. I am working on a few pieces of information to help people who are going through things. And one of those is a list of things not to say to someone who's going through it because there's yeah. Yay, let's get that out there. <laughs> yeah. And you need to contribute to that because I know you have them too. Yeah. Um, but you know, people would say things to me like, Aren't you over it yet? I'm like, I will never get over the fact that I did not get to hold my children. Mm. I didn't get to meet them on this earth. Right. Like, you know. I actually have a cousin who um, she lost a child at childbirth. I mean, I 
can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, even what I, and even what you and I have gone through, I mean, my husband and I have talked about that. We're like, we're so grateful that we lost our babies at the point that we did. I mean, because I can't, like you said, I cannot even imagine getting to full term and and losing a child at that point. Like, I don't even know what I would what I would do. Right. The people that get through that are so much stronger than I am um, because I just don't, I, I can't imagine that. Yeah, it is. It is interesting because there's so much loss out there and it looks different. You know, I, you, you know, like my cousin having that, you have children who um, there's someone in our community that lost a child to um, drowning. Like there's so many different ways to lose a child and right. it's just not natural. It's, mm-hmm. it's not the way we intended our lives to be. So the only thing I would say to that is that when that happens, when something tragic happens or you lose your child, um, and no matter where it is in the journey, you know, five weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, whatever, which is another question that is on my list. Don't ask someone, oh, how far along were you? Yes. It doesn't matter yeah. how far along they were. They right. still lost their child. Right. And so things like that, that I really, and it, I think people are well-meaning. I think it's hard to know what to say or how to respond. But the mm-hmm. best advice that I have is to not hide or stray away from having conversations with someone who's experienced loss mm-hmm. and allow them to talk about it. Because when you talk out loud about it, you get to process it. When right. you learn how to process it, you become healthier and healthier. And as you help other people, because here's what I learned. Once I started talking about it, so many women started opening up to me. Mm-hmm. So many of them, like one of them had never even told her husband that she had had okay. a mistake. Wow. So like in my mind, I'm like, this is, this is an epidemic of tragic proportions that women are walking around with this secret that they're not allowed to talk about. It is not a secret. I'm a mama. I don't, my kids aren't running around my house, but I'm not any less valuable here on this earth because my children are in heaven. Like it's one of those, it it is true. It's like, come on. Like um, things like mother's day, you know, those are some Mm -hmm. things that are hard. You know, I sat in a church once where they gave out flowers to all the moms and I didn't get one, but I'm thinking, I, I mean, I left that church broken. Part of yeah. that was on me because I didn't run up and get a rose, but I was like, people don't think I'm a mom. So there's right. this all this conflicting uh, information, which makes your mental health hard to maintain when you aren't able to process it. For me, going back to like that original question you asked me, why did I start like kind of talking about it more? Man, I just realized there's so many women hurting that people don't even know they're hurting. Mm-hmm. wanted to give them a voice like and a space to be right. heard and loved despite you know their earthly inequities the way we view it sometimes you know you know i do the life after fertility thing and one of the biggest you know i've done a lot of research in this space and one of the pillars of it is you you need to communicate that because otherwise you know, you're truly never going to, and I don't want to say get over it because like we said, you're never going to get over it, but in order to move beyond it and, you know, live a happy life after that, you know, you do need to communicate with somebody, whether that's your spouse, your partner, your 
best friend, you know, somebody, you know, a coach, if you don't actually say those words out loud, you know, you're never really going to be able to move on from it. And the other thing I wanted to talk about with you today, because I know you focus on it um, and you're really good at it, is like the mindset aspect of it. I mean, I know you do a lot of mindset coaching and, um, you know, that's what you were helping me with. So do you have women that or clients, you know, that you focus on mindset in terms of infertility, or is it just kind of, I'll let you kind of talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Oftentimes when I work with women about mindset and infertility, it's about their interactions with the world Mm -hmm. and their mindset about themselves and how they care for themselves in a world that doesn't completely understand miscarriage, infant, you know, whatever life has dealt them. How are they able to function in the world in a way that is healthy for them? So oftentimes that takes a mindset shift. And let me give you an example of that. As women, we're all caregivers and we're all worried about everyone else, right? That's just how we function the world, most of us, right? But one of the mindset shifts I help with women who have experienced something like this is that it's okay to be selfish when it comes to, like, for instance, Uh, baby showers. You can set a boundary and not go to a baby shower. You can and not offend everyone that you didn't go with, right? Yeah. I think we don't allow ourselves to have the permission to protect our hearts. And, you know, some people are fine with that. Some people have Mm -hmm. no problem after miscarriage or after a child loss to go out and go to a baby shower. But if you are like me, and every time you're in a baby shower and someone, I'm a very raw, open person. I will spill and tell you everything. <laughs> <laughs> but guess what? At a baby shower, when people are asking everyone the natural thing, if they don't know you personally, and we all know the baby showers bring, you know, everyone, their friends and family, and you right. usually meet people you don't know. And what's the question? Oh, so how many kids do you have? Or yeah. do you have children? And I personally have a very difficult time not answering that honestly. My right. honest answer is no, we did try. It didn't work out. But that in, you know, people will ask you questions. So the appropriate place is not a baby shower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to create a boundary for myself. My coach <laughs> helped me do that where I just don't go to baby showers and I don't mm-hmm. make a deal about it. It's not a big thing. I don't go, oh, I can't go, you know, whatever. I just... Right politely decline. I do send a gift. I Mm -hmm. make a, you know, figure out a thoughtful gift to send. And, but that is a mindset thing. People don't realize it's a mindset thing, but I help women create boundaries around their situation. There's these conflicts in your mind oftentimes about what they're feeling because they want to feel one way and then they're feeling another way. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes when there's resistance, there's a thought that you have oftentimes that isn't true. And so I help people identify those thoughts and work through the thought. I don't tell them what to think, right? Help them work through that thought. Like what is, what do you want to be true for you? Mm -hmm. You know, for me, for the longest time, (laughs) Well, if I can't give my husband children, what good am I in? How good am I for him? You know, literally that was my thought. And I finally, I mean, well, now let's just be honest. Culture has created that thought for me. Yes. I mean, hello, there were 
queens beheaded because they couldn't give the king a male heir, you know? So it's not something I just created. We are, we're functioning in a world that has kind of helped us with those thoughts, but Mm -hmm. you don't have to choose that thought. You can work through it. And so that's when I, when I work with women on mindset, that's what I'm working with them about. Okay. So what are you, where are your thoughts now? Do you like those thoughts? How do they help you? What are they? How do you feel when you feel that thought? And how can we create thoughts around you that are supportive, that are that work in your favor, that aren't making you go nuts and bonkers at work or at a party or whatever, right. you know, mm-hmm. and experience life in a way that's more at peace. Now, mm-hmm. I think you alluded to it earlier. Will you ever be completely free of negative thoughts? No. Yeah. But life does not have to be full of sad, depressed thoughts that are heavy, that create your body heaviness and and actually disease. You create mm-hmm. disease. I am not 100% convinced that I didn't get my cancers from where I was in my life. I was depressed. Yeah. I wasn't taking care of myself. Yeah. You know, so anyway, so mindset is very, very important. I also believe my personal belief is that it should be a requirement that if you go through something like that, that you get someone to help you. It can be a friend. It could be your mom. It could be your sister. It could be someone at church. It can be someone at work. It can be a coach. It could be a therapist. It could could be a group. You Mm -hmm. know, it could be something like that, but someone to give you support that you can reflect your thoughts off of because people don't even realize that oftentimes the thoughts that are coming up in our brain, they don't own you. You are in control of the thoughts. But if we think the thought and we think it's real and we hold on to it, we just feed it. Mm-hmm. If we recognize the thought is separate from me, the human being, I'm Heather. But that thought doesn't have to to drive me. Right. I can decide if I want to allow that thought in my brain again and create stronger neuro pathways, or do I lovingly thank it for trying to help me out and right. let it go away? Right. <laughs> That's one of my biggest, like when I coach people, I'll tell them all the time. So what do you think about that thought? And mm-hmm. a lot of times we're like, oh my goodness, because I had some crazy thoughts. Let me tell you, but it's like, right. do you want to keep that thought? The, the answer yep. could be yes. But if you don't, well, let's just thank it. Let's have a little ceremony mm-hmm. <laughs> and let it go. And it's amazing how cathartic that can be because it's like, oh, who knew we had a choice? <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> we have a choice there. So I need to have you back for a part two because this has been awesome. Um, but yeah, I don't I feel like I need to interview you. Time. Yeah, I want to respect your time. Um, And just real quick before we um, wrap up for today, where can people find you? Again, we'll put it in the notes um, for the show, but how can people reach out to you if they want, you know, your assistance? Yeah, so you can find me on my website, HC Edwards Coaching and dot com. And I actually am on Facebook and Instagram at HC Edwards coaching and um my i don't do a lot on that i always te- even with callahan i joke with her i am not the techie girl but i'm yeah, well, a fantastic you know, I'm coach. Not either, so. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic coach she's not great at tech but i'm getting there i'm getting better um and i am pretty soon going to be putting out a few um like courses and stuff so you can find those yeah. on the sites too but 
I thank you so much for being here, like letting me be here and giving a voice to women who want to support other women because I'm always here. You know, I know Callahan, you probably feel the same way. I'm always here to be an ear, you know, yes, I'm a coach. And of course I love to coach people ongoing, but I'm also a woman and I believe that women just sometimes just need support. So yeah, absolutely. Thank you for doing that specific work because it's greatly needed. Yeah. Thank you as well. Awesome. Like I said, I'm definitely going to force you to do a part two of this because, you know, I think we have so much more to to talk about, but yes, please go check her out. She's awesome. Her programs. I can't wait to see what you come up with, with those. Thank you so much for your time. We'll talk soon. I'll definitely be back. Thank you so much. If you like this episode, be sure to download, subscribe, and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast. It really helps the show and helps me know the exact information my listeners want to talk about. For more information on accepting infertility and finding happiness beyond it, visit my website, www.charliedice.com. That's Charlie spelled C-H-A-R-L-I-E, Dice. D-I-C-E dot com. Stay tuned for next week's episode.